This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So let's talk about the defense, Griff, because the defense stopped the run for the most part, right? Yeah. We'll delve into the tape on Thursday, or if you listen, Friday. But look like a similar approach to what they've been doing. Looks like they've sort of found their base early down approach and sort of settled mm-hmm. into that. Didn't feel like they blitzed at all, like in terms of sending additional rushes. But I did see, you know, occasional, you know, bonus fire zone stuff. But mm-hmm. the standout performance is Uchenna Nuosu, who, what an off-season addition. Um, yeah. Two sacks today. Uh, disruptive, though, in the run game, particularly, uh, I, I, I don't know, you, you're the stat boy. Did he have any tackles for loss? Um, I think he had, I think he had two. Um, there you go. And he also covered Saquon Barkley on a wheel route at like looking real comfortable. Uh, and uh, just, um, uh, and he's playing a lot of snaps. Like it's what an odd, I was, I I said, um, he could be like a top five when it's all said and done a top five free agency addition from Schneider and Carroll. Cause I mean, price has to be factored in. Unbelievable yeah. stuff right now. Yeah, I mean they're they're now like when they signed him, I thought, well, you are probably getting exactly what you paid for. Like he played like a, you know, with, with the way the market is, the edge and stuff, he played like a ten million dollar per year player at in LA, which is a high quality player, right? Not elite, not Pro Bowl, but like high quality. Um, and he's out playing that right now, like you know, in, in all levels. Um, yeah, the fact that you saw him running down. The sideline of us probably will be something we really dive into on the tape podcast. But like Dable knew like, okay, I, I, when they're, when, if we find the quarter side and we figure them out formationally, which he did, he we're going to isolate that, yeah. that, that quarter flat defender. We're going to work it. And he got the looks he wanted, but mm-hmm. just whether it was Maffei or Nuosu, they were covering it up. Um, so he's just playing great. And I think generally, generally for the entire defensive line, everyone at this point for the three weeks running is a contributor everyone's contributing puna ford is back to like the version of him that we know 
Brian Mona is looking a lot more like 2020 Brian Mona, not 2021 Brian Mona, who was still a good player, but 2020 was like, he looks like Al Woods. And now he's playing like Al Woods is playing. Al Woods played a good game. Quentin Jefferson is a lot stouter against the run. And the fact that they've weaponized him a little bit against the run, he can get up field, but still play, you know, disciplined, right? Striking that balance. Bruce Irvin stepped in for Daryl Taylor and he was doing things, you know, um, so uh, they've it's the, the tweaks they've made have really maximized everyone. And they don't have even though Nwosu is like uh, next gen stats said something like he, he has like the most volume pressures, the most total right. pressures. I'm still not going to say he's like a tier one or even, even tier two edge. He's probably a tier three. You know, mm-hmm. if you if, if you think about how many guys there are, that's well, still really also- high praise. There's a quality of pressure, right? Like I think a lot of his For stuff, sure. not not to, I mean, don't get it twisted. I just said he could, when it's all said and done, be a top five addition. I do think quite a few of the pressures will be ones where it's an inside flush move um, or, you know, he's he's running like it's kind of the subjective. inside part of a game and then it's highly subjective, yeah. And yeah. now he's in the conversation, he will start getting more and more of those and so... We'll, we'll see but 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 sure. the encouraging thing is like guys <laughs> yeah get, he, he should be in the pro bowl discussion yeah no. yeah no he should be right? he should be and i'm kind of undoing my point but like it's cool that they don't have a single guy on the line that you would consider just you know a, an overwhelming talent right like a true blue chip but they've got like five or six guys that are have high level impact still so it's a very cool ensemble group with a cool blend of different skill sets. So um, yep. like and, Shelby Harris is getting interior pressure, you know, Quentin Jefferson's and hustling. getting. Yeah. And um, Cesar Castillo in the comments, they they correctly point out, Bruce Irvin made some great plays. Yep. Uh, T- Daryl Taylor left with a um, hip injury uh, on top of, he was already dealing with a groin injury. And then, yeah, the fact that Irvin's coming again, he's getting chipped in pass pro. Like <laughs> Bruce Irvin's getting chipped in pass pro, thirty-five-year-old Bruce Irvin, what was on the street three years, uh, three weeks ago, two mm-hmm. two weeks ago, like, and he's come in, he can set an edge, he's reliable enough. Yeah, he had a bad missed tackle on Daniel Jones, but like, he's doing a job. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's nice. It's all it's all fitting yeah. together, and then on and then on the back end, Griff, like Mike Jackson. Okay, he gave up one catch, but that was a good beater. Talk, you know, you spoke about how. Dable found ways to isolate the quarter flat player on the defensive line, but also on the back end, if it was the quarter flat player being like a Ryan Neal in dime, he, you know, he had one good beater and Seattle got let off on a post wheel kind of beater to what I think was quarters as well. But other than that, Mike Jackson was sticky. He was hitting dudes in cover two. Uh, He was rallying down. He was showing all the things that he showed in the preseason in terms of, like his ability to from a pedal to then break down hill yeah. burst and twitch and his ability to uh be in phase over the top not not not, not get too much depth and in his cushion but also the physicality which he showed in the preseason but now it seems and okay the giants aren't exactly a gauntlet of wide receivers but you know for him it's kind of three weeks running right like he's stacking yeah. reps he's putting things together it's it's coming together i think He's come to the first string kind of speed and adjustment yeah. that was needed. Because 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, he he's a four four guy. Like he has real speed, and I think the reason why yeah. it looks like he's playing faster is, like you said, he's stacking reps. But like, w- w- what might that mean in a in a on a literal like what is on a literal standpoint? What does that actually translate to stacking reps? He's trusting his eyes more um, when re- reading the top of the route, and then from that, trusting his speed, which lets him trust his eyes more to go make the play. Like he's he's contesting stuff. He's contesting routes that break. And then he's not giving up anything down this. Like he's covering the fade and the go, which is priority number one, right? For a, a quarter or cover three corner when you're playing the quarter side, right? Um, or you're in cover three, you, you have to, you have to clamp down on the go ball. He's just doing that. And he's pretty much been doing that. Right. Um, and, but then now he is becoming more competitive when the routes break. In, you know, on whether it's a comeback or an inbreaker or an outbreaker, you know, um, and that's where that's when you start to become a difference maker mm. at corner. It really felt like um, overall the Giants didn't really get anything on offense except for like a string of third downs on two drives in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and how did they, how would their third down numbers go? They were six for sixteen um, on the day, which really it felt a lot worse than that. But I think that's because they I started the game time. off. Garbage, yeah, probably garbage time. They started the game off one for six, and then they had they had some. They definitely had some plays where they were giving them up, where they were over defending, probably deep the explosive play. Um, you had Neil on the one crosser on the the shallow cross. Then you had the one on Woolen, where it just as easily could have been an interception. And then the oh one yeah, was, that was that was freaky. Yeah, that yeah. was a moment where I was like, um, is this happening? Uh, right and then uh, there was the one doing something i think i think this is the one you referenced but they had that one inbreaker and i wondered if kobe kobe didn't read the right ex- like outside route um mm. it so i don't know what happened there that, that, that was the main one i wanted to know because that one felt like a bus whereas the other ones were like uh one-on-one situations and, and tight spots and yeah so the, the other thing with the secondary, and we've we spoke about it before, but it's worth re-emphasizing, is the rush and the coverage is working together and vice versa. And I think yeah. there's more of an understanding of how it all fits together amongst the players. And again, Carol mentioned, like, the players are doing this. Like, they've sort of brought in together. Diggs kind of mentioned in his uh, post-game presser as well, similar kind of stuff of how they're all, they're all sort of meshing together well. And yeah. that is showing up. And like, if you know that, you know, you have to cover for this long and then your rush is probably going to do this, you know, you sort of understand that, then you can cover in a different way. And the the other thing, you know, the fact that they just, they just sat in four-man rush, I, 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 well, and so they were fine. They and were... The, the being at home, like with it rocking, and like, there's a reliable center point and... If if they're if the center's pointing out the mic each time, then the defensive line knows which side they're sliding to. Um, and then and the reason they have to point out the mic each time is because it's so loud. And when you know that, you know which side the one on ones are. And when you know which side the one on ones are for your pass rush, you know which side you can run games, which like a slant flat or rub combination downfield against man to man coverage. You can run games which separate against man pass protection, which what Seattle did. Like on Nuosu's uh, second sack, uh, he was running the inside pick against the man, uh, 
man pass protection when they slid the other way from that. So agreed. Great stuff. Agreed. Yeah, really good stuff. And further to your point about um uh the, the prevalence of four man rushes not setting pressure, it's that's almost more telling for the run defense than it is the pass rush because they're playing a, a quarterback running team with Saquon Barkley and they're playing a lot of odd spacing, right? So the fact that they didn't feel the need to send fire zones or five man rushes, not for pass rush purposes, but for run defense purposes means that they have the one, the performance within their base calls, but then the flexibility within, you know, the, the fronts that they move in and out of just to mm. handle it, to handle the, 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 the C gap yeah. problems, the D gap problems, the alley problems, right? In the personnel, like you said, because it's it's like they've got they've got the the five one five, the three three five, and the four two or two four five personnel packages, and they're really finding their beats of when they weave in and out of it to get the right matchups that they want on the back end while still staying staying sound up front and giving your four man rush as much of a chance as possible, and it's like they've just struck the perfect balance. They're being exactly who they want to be, and like sending. Sending pressure is a for a team that isn't a blitz heavy team, like it's not their identity. Sending pressure is a fantastic tool to smooth out problems and as a change up call, right? That's something that they did last year to great effect, especially like the second half of 2020. Ken Norton Jr. is like, if I got a problem, I'm going to send five, and it's not necessarily for pass rush. It solves like three different things at a time. Right now, they have the guys where they don't feel like they need to do that. Um, also, yeah. it was really we um, we saw some I think where they played bare, but they won. I felt like they had a urgency to have Cody Barton and Neil and and Bryant out on the field at the same time, and it's hard for them to run that and stay flexible in the coverages that they want to run. So I think that they combined cover three in nickel with them in bear as well, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's where we saw some of the. Um, like the the three three five again, um, right? That had right. a prevalence, but I think that the they they were wanting they want the versatility that they have because it's their most versatile back seven. I think when they have mm-hmm. two inside linebackers and both Neil and Brian out there, yep. so I'm really yep. curious to see what story the tape tells there. Um, 